passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Uh, Howard, we, we kind of touched upon a little bit this topic last time we, we spoke. But with the Big Ten expansion coming up, because, it, you know, if you go on the Big Ten schedules for next year, there are no schedules. So we don't know who's playing who. Yeah. Now, okay, on a side note, and I'm telling you, man, you need to use all the power and influence that you have at the BTN because I think – during COVID, COVID sucked for a lot of people, but a lot of good ideas came out of necessity through COVID. And I thought one was if the Big Ten just did a reveal show of the schedule, like right after the spring games, and just everybody would be watching this. Everybody would be hanging on because that's what they did last year in the summer. We found out the schedules. But I'm like, right now, you, you can't really make plans because you don't know who's playing who in what weeks. Is this because, is it possible that USC and UCLA could be joining the Big Ten as soon as next year? Is, is, is that a possibility, or am I, am I reading too much into this? You know, I think it's fair uh, to speculate on that, but but I think right now, when, when you look at it, at least from the, service, uh, the surface, I don't have any inside information to it, but when you start to look at, at grant of rights deals and television and all of those things, um, Come on, Howard. I mean, you, you, I mean, you you got an office right down from 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 uh, from uh, from from uh, Warren, man. You, you, got well, you know what? To be honest, I'm probably about 30 minutes from Kevin Warren's office <laughs> when I'm in studio. But listen, I, I think they're looking at every avenue. Um, I, I think they're gonna make sure that this works out when you talk about bringing in, you know, those those programs USC and UCLA. Um, it looks like it's going to be difficult, though, just from the surface of what I'm seeing. But you never know. We've, we've learned in college athletics to this point to, to expect the unexpected. And, you know, when it's this, when the dollars that we're talking about are, are so large, there's no telling. You put lawyers together, they try to they kind of figure out a way to make it happen. But 
you know, right now it looks like it's going to be tough to do, but I get what you're saying, though. It's fascinating to do some of those uh, reveal shows, too, when you talk about looking at, at expansion, because now all of a sudden, who wouldn't want to know that they're getting ready to go out to, to California and play USC or, or UC, uh, UCLA? Those are going to be some unbelievable games, and SC traveling right. to, the, to the Big Ten and UCLA as well, traveling uh, into the Midwest to play games. You know, they have some some crazy fans. We think we got, you know, crazy fans here in this conference. I can tell you, these SC fans are out of their minds. <laughs> okay. When talk about just how much fun and how much passion they have about their program, and they travel really well. All right, because I, I was about to say, come on, man. We, we can't be disingenuous. Yes, SC, yes. <laughs> UCLA, plenty of seats available. Yeah. I'll just, just put it like travel. that. Listen, they don't go to their own stadium. UCLA does not go to their own stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, you could order a pizza and everybody would get a slice. That's how small the crowds are. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'll say this: I do know that fan base will be traveling. Um, yeah, it, it's tough, yeah, and we've been talking about what they've been talking about. You know, just attendance there. But you know, I, I'll tell you this: but. It, for USC, the same thing sometimes. But when that program, when USC rolls, I mean, they're the hottest ticket in L.A. Uh, and that includes whether it's the Lakers, the Clippers, any any movie star that's out there, they're all trying to be a part of the program. And Lincoln Riley brings that kind of cachet that everybody wants to be around back to the days when Pete Carroll was roaming the sidelines. And, you know, they, they even created some rules when Pete Carroll was there because there would be so many people packed and jammed onto that sideline. Uh, that, you know, stars want to be seen and they want right. to be associated with a great program. Now, see, the thing is, though, I think with the college football playoff expansion, I know there's a lot of money on the table. Mm-hmm. But I, I somehow, if I were a betting man, I would put money that both of those teams may stay in the Pac-12 because, yeah, you're turning down a lot of money, and that's going to be something. But – it was almost like UCLA forgot to ask their parents, can they come over and play? Because you, you, California, you you know, University of California was like, whoa, 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 who told you you can go anywhere? You, I, you didn't get my permission. So that's a little sticking point out there. And, and I just wonder if the fact that if the playoffs, they're expanding to 12 teams. Mm-hmm. If you have an opportunity, if, if you're USC, you got a better chance of making the playoffs staying put you don't have the wear and tear with the travel. And, I mean, you know your opponents. You know the territory because the flip side to that, as I look at, is, you know, when Penn State and Nebraska joined the Big Ten, each team thought, oh, this will be easy. We'll win a bunch mm-hmm. of titles. And this hasn't – Penn State's won, I think, what, one flat-out outright Big Ten title? Nebraska hasn't? Hasn't yeah. been what they thought it was going to be, and I got to wonder if – in looking at it, if all of a sudden you just kind of want to get this relationship annulled, you know what? No harm, no foul. Let's not consummate this deal, and we just going to be friends, and you'll stay out here, and we'll stay on the West Coast. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. I, I think when you talk about – yeah, I, I just think that, you know, it, the money is too money's too large, uh, and, and I think when you go back and you think about why they those two programs, historic programs, moved in the first place, because it was too much uncertainty when it came down to the television dollars and where uh, ultimately the Pac-12 was going. Uh, And I I think this is really what's happening throughout all college athletics when you're talking about programs outside of 
the Big Ten and the SEC, programs are trying to make sure that, that financially they're going to be in the best position they can be in because it's just not the football program. They need to be able to support the other programs as well. So, you know, I don't think there's any turn the other way. I would say this, though. SC is much further along, I would say, and prepared to, to make that move than, let's say, Nebraska was. I mean, because Nebraska has been – they've been having their issues as far as, you know, the recruiting landscape and that sort of thing. Uh, and right, they got remember, the right person in there to make it happen. Right, but Nebraska was – have any problem recruiting the best athletes, not just on the West Coast, but in the country. So I think SC will be able to compete right away once they get into the conference. But see, I thought, like, Nebraska was fresh off and then Dominican Sue, mm -hmm. uh, his hype, and then they joined the Big Ten, and I thought, okay, this is going to be something. But I think that was the detriment of them because by moving to the Big Ten, they lost out on their Texas base because now yep. if you're a kid from Texas, you know, nobody's going to see you play, whereas if you played in, in the Big 12, there's Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, there's Baylor, TCU, like – you were going to stay within that state. And I just was wondering the same, like, okay, yeah, you're USC, but, you know, a lot of these West Coast kids, are, are they – yeah, it looks great because, trust me, I'm sure whenever you look at the schedule and you're like, oh, we get to go out to play SC or UCLA in November, everybody from Rutgers to Wisconsin, they're packing up all of their stuff and they're going out there. But it works the flip side. Like, yeah, those Southern California teams are going to have to go to Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Go to Minnesota, and it it may be cold. And I mean, do you think that can you know maybe some recruits are like I don't know if I want to go necessarily that route because like I said, when 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 Nebraska joined, they lost their Texas fan base. Mm -hmm. I mean, their Texas recruiting base. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Do you think that could happen with SC and UCLA? I'm not so sure about UCLA. I think UCLA may have a tougher road to, to travel more so than, than USC does because uh, of what Lincoln Riley has brought there and what he's already accomplished. And then just the, the, historically what SC can do and has done. And, and I think that's why it's important when you start to think about, okay, well, who, what are the other pieces that the Big Ten would add, right? You talk about, USC and UCLA, that's that West Coast corridor. They, they're in there now. Whether, they're, whether they can get Northern Cal, uh, California in the northern part of the, uh, of the country, that'll be in uh, West. Okay, uh, let's, 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 let's just cut to the chase, Howard. Let's cut to the chase. Oregon and Washington are the other two teams that I think a lot of Big Ten teams, a lot of fans want to see. I mean, if you're going to raid the Pac-12, let's do it right. Let's not half-step. No offense to... Cal and, and, and Stanford, great academic schools, yep. but now you want to see the Ducks and you want to see the Huskies. You bring those four teams in, and I think you have something, but it, if they expand and bring in extra teams, now comes the whole, how do you align these things? Do you just go, you know, nine, what would it be? At that point, what, is it 18 teams at that point? So yeah. I guess yeah. nine and nine so everybody just plays their division and everybody else plays their division and, and you just then, you know, the two champions meet up in Indianapolis or wherever it happens to be that year. Mm -hmm. is it, Or do you just go divisionalist and just say, you know what, round robin and we're just going to try to make up the schedules each year. Like, 
that's because once you start adding teams, I mean, it's, it looks great until you have to figure out, okay, how do we make this fair and equitable? Because you're going to have people like Ohio State and Michigan saying, I don't care what you do, as long as we play on the last Saturday at noon in November, you guys can do whatever you want. And you got other teams who, if you go that route, I look at Indiana and Purdue, they're going to lose their rivalry because they're in different conferences. Now, they're in different divisions. They'll never get a chance to play each other again, unless it's for the title. Yeah, I think alignment is is – is coming. I, I I personally think we're getting we're going to get away from divisions, and it's it's going to be one, and you know they'll they'll work through the schedule, but they're going to be able to take the top two, top three teams are going to have a chance to go in and play in the, the the playoffs. Well, you'll have obviously the top two will play in the Big Ten championship game, but that third team may have an opportunity to play, um, you know, in the fourth uh, the expanded playoffs, which is which is important. I think that's the direction that they ultimately want to go. Here's the other thing that, that I think when we talk about expansion, you talk about these super conferences. The other side is the television partner, right? It, it sounds good that, you know, it could be whoever it is. Could be Washington, Oregon, whether it's Notre Dame, who it doesn't matter, the team. But I think from the television side, when you talk about revenue, at some point it becomes, you get to the point of diminishing returns. So you can keep adding but that doesn't automatically mean revenues are going to be right. uh, added up as well. So, you know, you're sitting there and you're saying, well, if we get to 20, what's the difference, the revenue difference between, you know, the total revenue between 20 teams and 18? You know, the, that's the side that television is looking at. And, and I know from fans, you know, we're like, well, in conferences, you're looking at, well, get as many teams as you can and that make the super conferences and you do some of those things. But I think we're also getting to the point where, uh, the television partners are looking at it. What's the return? Because we can talk about all the money that's being paid out to these conferences. At the end of the day, the television partners are the ones that have to write the check. Correct. So they have to be able to also see uh, the returns and, and what the benefits will be to continue to add teams. And I think that's why you see conferences and television partners coming together so that they can go out and try to make the best business decision uh, for all parties involved. You know, it's funny you said that, Howard, because let's let's end this with this, because maybe it'll take television to to to, I guess, make this make sense to me, because mm -hmm. I think with the expansion and, you know, the super conferences coming up, you're going to say, well, look at all the teams we have to play in our conference. So our non-conference games is basically going to be against Little Sisters of the Poor and, you know, teams that the fans really don't care about. Because when I look at it now, it's, it's almost a race to the bottom to see who can find the worst teams that they can play for non-conference, kind of pad your stats, and then you get ready for your conference. But then, you know, you have low attendance. There's a lot of things that happen. Will it take the, the, the TV networks to say, okay, guys, you know what? We got an expanded playoff. And I think in college football especially, yeah. you got to break the fact that, okay, you can have you should be able to have a team with two or three losses in the expanded playoff because you played some good teams and you may have lost to those good teams on the road. It won't hurt you. I mean, I guess in a roundabout way, what I'm saying is, do you think that the TV, I mean, the, the TV stations and the networks can just simply say, we need better non-conference games. We need some marquee things to show in September because the stuff we have now, we we kind of starting to scrape the bottom of the chili pot. 
you know, I'm all about the marquee matchups. I, I know some coaches may not like that, obviously, because of, you know, the, the, the conferences they're in and the tough schedules that they pay. But I think you're right when you start talking about, you know, what, it, what does it look like? And I think the other side of it, too, is this. Um, I don't know for a fact, but it, it, it makes sense to me that the reason you saw, you would see some of uh, whether it was Illinois playing, you know, Northern Illinois, that doesn't really happen. But whether you were seeing some of your, your bigger schools play some of your smaller schools, to me, it, what it was trying to do was also put some revenue into those smaller schools' yeah. pockets as well. And, and, and I get that because, you know, because I, I think when Mark Hollis was here at Michigan State, he mm -hmm. did the thing with all the local in-state schools, yeah. the regional schools. That I understand because 